Oh, hey everybody. What is going on today? Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I love doing this podcast. It's fun to connect with all these guests and all the people who listen to the show. It's kind of cool that uh, I get to meet people like this, take in information, share it with everybody. It's a little community of people interested in learning and thinking about new concepts. So thank you for tuning in. This episode of the podcast, I get to sit down and talk to my friend Joe Carabasi. Joe Carabasi is a fitness instructor, podcaster, host of Fat Melting Radio, where he discusses ways that you can optimize efficiently, effectively, in a balanced way, going about losing weight, feeling good. In this podcast, we talk a lot about our drive and what fuels us to keep coaching and teaching people about exercise and learning good information, quality information, and just kind of providing you people with that value. This podcast was awesome. Joe is a smart guy, owner of gyms, uh, Instagram, at Joe Carabasi. Reach out to him because he's super knowledgeable and fun to talk to. Look forward to the next time I talk to him. Enjoy the show, people. All right, Joe Carabasi. How do you say your last name? Carabasi? Carabasi? Nah, dude, you had it. I, I, I can tell you are of Italian descent because you you're, uh, you hit it on the head. Although my last name is actually Greek. Oh, is it? Yeah, man. So, so Joe Carabasi Fitness. Joe Carabasi. Well, uh, Joe Carabasi, and then I have a few different fitness companies. In30 Fit is my Florida studio, and then I have Melt Workout in Connecticut. Cool. Okay, so you're on the East Coast doing your thing. Yeah, man. Where are you at? I'm in I'm in the Midwest, dude. I'm in Chicago right now, and uh, I'm the other day we got some sun and it was a little warm, and I went out there with no shirt and I was swinging around some clubs and maces. Oh, yeah. And it and it, it felt really good, but for the majority of the last uh, three months, man, it's been pretty effing cold, and uh, you know it's you build character in the cold. I'm not saying that I wish it was summer yet because I, I try to find beauty in all in all stages of the year. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure in Florida, where do you spend most of your time? Well, dude, beauty, beauty and diversity, whatever. I'll tell you what, I live, grew most of my life, 30 years in Connecticut. And aside from my family, business, clients and friends, I could, you could have it. I'm good. I'm done with the cold, man. Here, every day is sunny and I would never, never trade it for anything. So I spend most of my time now in Florida, but it's amazing. Like, it is like I, I did two years ago. I had a, a food sensitivity and blood test done, and to my surprise, I had a low vitamin D level. And I never would even think that. So I was like, "That's weird." I thought it was kind of hype. So I started taking vitamin D, and like, man, my mood, my overall feeling changed dramatically. And then just living down here full time now, like I can see such a difference with myself in general uh, of of the impact of the sun. It's, it's kind of wild. It's something I never really, like I heard of it, but I didn't really think it had an impact until actually. Yeah. And then when you stop and think about it, it's just like so natural to kind of, you know, feel that way, right? You get exposed exactly. to the sun, you feel good. You know, obviously when you look a little tanner, you, you look better in pictures. So there's gotta be a correlation with mood and all that shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yep. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, so what's, what, how did you get started in the fitness industry? I was looking at your YouTube. I was looking at your Instagram. You're someone who, who knows their shit. Number one. Okay. So that's the first thing I got to give you kudos, kudos on. When I watch your videos, you, you have a natural act for explaining shit. You have, you know, proper form when you do your, your movements and your exercises and, and the way you explain them too, man, is, is, is top notch. So I want to give credit where credit is due. And then you, you go to the next level and you learn to, or you learn, you do a good job of teaching it and talking people through it, which is something that's uh, uh, hard to come by nowadays. So kudos. How did you get into the fitness industry? How did you get into the field? And, and what inspired you? Well, I appreciate that, man. And isn't that kind of sad, though? That's where we're at, that like we have to acknowledge the fact that someone in fitness knows what they're talking about and knows how to explain it. You know, it's just, it's crazy that just online, like there's just all this, you know, the, People do their thing fine, but you know when a trainer or, or someone who claims to be a trainer is given a workout that they never actually tested on an everyday person and don't know how to regress it, progress it, modify, don't know why it's happening. That's just dangerous, and so um, it's kind of wild. But uh, speaking of that, that's I mean it's it's kind of a catch twenty two because that's what allowed me to get into fitness. Um, long story short, I was an athlete, and uh, I, I when I got to high school is when I first started actual fitness training, and when I was you know, what, was what sport it? did you play? 
I was football and lacrosse. Football and lacrosse. Cool. Yeah, you definitely have an athlete's body, that's for sure. Yeah, thank you, man. And so that was like at that point in time, youth fitness wasn't a thing. And and I grew up watching like WWF at the time, like, you know, Ultimate Warrior, guys like Arnold and Stallone. And like, I just knew in my head, like, I wanted that like superhero body. And I was like, I would beg my mom to let me work out at the gym. And like at that point, all the researchers against kids training. So she's like, no, you're too young. Wait till you get to high school. So I would do like my own Rocky montages with like sit-ups and push-ups, whatever. But finally, I was, you know, everything sort of connected when I was going to high school, started a weight training program and just never looked back. I mean, for the first thing in my life, something came natural to me. I kind of understood it intuitively. Like school never did. Like I was, I have to, I had to work super hard to, to just to, to do good and to understand. Whereas this, I just naturally understand the concepts. And so I never missed a day, read a ton. I mean, uh, Arnold's Encyclopedia of Modern Day Bodybuilding, that book's like 700 pages and that was probably more than I read. Like that one book I read more than anything I've ever read before in my life. And, and that was just on the subject matter. And so fast forward to college, I was, you know, I was sitting with my roommate, we were freshmen and we were just chatting. And we're like, man, how could we earn money doing a fun job that we don't have to work a lot? And he's like, oh, well, my friend Joe just got certified as a trainer online. And I'm like, wait, what? Because at that point, it's like 2000, what, 2006, 2005. It really wasn't common to be as nowhere near as common these days. And so I didn't know that was a thing. I thought you had to go to like, you know, schooling for years right. or your university. What what were you majoring? What were you going to school for? Marketing. Marketing. Okay. So completely. I, I mean, obviously there's marketing in the fitness industry, but yeah, around that time you get a, you know, a two year certification and you can go ahead and get yourself a job where if you put in the work, you're getting paid 60 bucks an hour. Well, yeah, but that wasn't even the case. So like I was saying originally, like it's kind of sad how everybody's a trainer and coach these days, but, and I can't really be too much of a hypocrite because that's what opened the door for me. I did that online cert. Literally it was a, a, a two weeks later, I got a certification in the mail and I was certified as a trainer. And so it's all with what you do with it. And so that was obviously horseshit, but I ended up going to uh, study everything in sight from thereafter. I, I got a job on campus training, then local gym. And then when I got home from school, trained there at different gold gyms, and then went abroad to Australia and got a job coaching a stability ball class, which was interesting. And um, then just just couldn't get enough of it. And then going into my senior year, I had an internship, and I it was like selling some like fasteners, which dude, I I can't I can barely hammer a nail. So the thought of me selling like it was just so like for me to go in and, and talk about fasteners was miserable. And so I was like, dude. I can't, I'm, there's, I'm no longer growing in this internship and I, I got what I could. I had a friend in Florida. I wanted sunshine. So I'm like, look, I'm going to stop this internship, go down to Florida. And there's an idea I had for a book uh, to basically, you know, I, at this time I was like experimenting and had like my 30 minute workout dialed in. And I had this concept of look better naked, you know, which again is now it's overplayed. And I'm not saying I invented it, but at the time, like it wasn't everywhere. And so I was like, I'm going to write this book, How to Look Better Naked. Centered what around- year was that? What's that? What year did, did you have that idea? That was 2007. Wow. How old were you at that time? I was 21. That's pretty advanced thinking to go, oh, I'm going to write a book right away. It's pretty ambitious. It's awesome of you. Yeah, thanks, man. Well, you know, it was a, it was a great opportunity for me because nothing happened out of it. But what happened was I moved down, slept on his couch literally for a month. I got a job serving. And when I wasn't serving during the day, I would just go to Barnes and Nobles and just read and write. And so nothing, you know, the book didn't amount to really anything. Uh, you know, there wasn't publishers knocking down my door and Amazon wasn't around, didn't have Amazon self-publishing like it is now. And so that book literally, and not lying to you, is, is in a stack in my bottom of a file cabinet storage right now. But what it did do was give me the confidence to pursue this thing in a, in a big way. And so I ended up starting a, a website, uh, which was a blog. And I had another internship, second semester of my senior year. And it was just and it's something that I just absolutely hated, went in there miserable. They offered me an amazing job. But I just went in. I'm like, look, I all I could think about when I'm here is my blog, and I'm gonna have. At that point, I was like working with a developer in India, so I had to like I was partying at college and then have to wake up super early to work with him. But I didn't care. Like, it's what I wanted to do, and so left the job uh, or left the offer. And then when I graduated college, started my business and. 
trained on site, uh, doing corporate stuff at different gyms, in-home training, whoever would have me for the first year I taught personal training. And then uh, 2010, I went my first facility and developed the MELT concept, which is an acronym for more energy, less time. We specialized in all 30-minute workouts and then opened my second facility in 2011. At one point, I had four facilities and then fast forward. And then in the meantime, I, I did a men's health next top trainer uh, competition. I, I finished third on that and then ended up doing a, a reality show with Beachbody for the next super trainer, which uh, I ended up finishing in the top three for that, never winning either. But uh, they were both amazing experiences. And That's pretty cool. I saw that you were doing that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was a very, I mean, we could talk about that separately, but it was eye-opening experience for sure. And definitely part of my uh, growth trajectory. But uh, yeah, and then fast forward to today, moved down to South Florida uh, almost a year and a half ago with my fiance with no intention to open another gym. But I just, I was running my Connecticut, I had two Connecticut gyms at this point and I was still running there and experimenting with some other things. I just missed the community. I missed coaching. And so uh, last June, I opened a, a new facility, a new concept in 30 Fit. It's all low impact, high intensity training. And we've been rocking and rolling since. Dude, you're an ambitious character. There's a lot that goes into that. Have you always been so enthusiastic about anything that you've done? Or is this just passion taking over? Or how? Like, where do you get that from? Well, I think I definitely get it from, you know, just like, so there's a lot to that, but you know, it starts definitely with my parents. My dad was an entrepreneur. My mom just always, always, always grinded. You know, she was, you know, my parents got divorced at a young age. And so she was always working two jobs to make ends meet. So I saw that hard work, but for me, I was the type of kid who was in reading classes. I was in speech classes. I was bullied because I was always you know, because of that, I was called stupid and retarded and stuff like that. And at one point I had very low self-confidence. And what changed for me was just this, I can never, I'll never forget sixth grade English teacher, Miss Case, she gave me my paperback and I had a C and she's like, but Joe, if you stay after class, I'll show you a few things. You submit it back to me and I'll regrade it for you. And I was like, oh, all right, that's amazing. So I did. And I ended up getting an A and that's, this sounds ridiculous, but for me, I didn't know that I was possible. And so that A showed me that if I put extra work into something, I can I can do whatever I want and I can get as far as I want to go. And so from that point on, I went from being a you know a student who was C's and always in trouble to being high honors in middle school and high school uh, high honors and in college dean's list. And I had my fun. I did and I was had a great time and and I did horrible on every standardized test. But what I found along the way was what I put in is what I got out. And so that's just my attitude. Like I'm definitely not the smartest person in the room by far. Things do not come natural to me other than fitness, but I will outwork you. And I, you know, and not, that's always been something that's helped me. That's really good, man. And, that, and we can kind of like go back to where you were talking about how, you know, it's kind of sick that in this world we have to actually pay attention to which trainers are really good and which trainers are not. It, it's what separates good to great trainers is that work ethic and your ability to go out and, and seek more knowledge. Because if you don't go out there and seek higher level knowledge, you're only going to get base level shit. Right. You know? And uh, you, you go out there and you, and you get that knowledge because we have it available to us now, dude. It's crazy how much shit that we know nowadays. And this is kind of a good topic to talk about because I'm in education. You know, I, I'm a high school teacher by day and I, oh, wow. I do I do in-house training, I do online training, and I'm trying to do, the, you know, I do the, obviously the podcast and all that. And, uh, you know, I do fitness classes. I don't run gyms like like what you're doing. You're on another level of, of high energy, which I'm thankful that you are because I get to take some of that from you. So appreciate you. Um, but, yeah, like I'm, I want to go into this direction of helping people, sp particularly high school uh, seniors, kids in college, uh, trying to get them into the field of fitness um, somehow get them in the kicked off in the right direction, which education field to kind of go into point them, point them in the right direction of, of good classes and good people in the industry, you know, uh, because to go about to get an education in, in the fitness industry, you can do it so many different ways and so many different certifications. You don't necessarily need a university level degree, like you were saying, um, but to teach them to kind of stay hungry for always, uh, seeking out more knowledge is something I want to get into. Um, what are your thoughts on, uh, kids getting into the industry? Yeah, man. Well, it's interesting. You know, you originally had said like, there's so much information out there and it, you know, there is, and it's, it's crazy. Cause like, I just noticed I was, um, 
you know, one thing I, I was, I was actually last Friday night, I was just walking on the beach and just doing some meditation and just journaling. And just, I had a lot of, like some, a lot of thoughts came to me, but one thought was that I just had a, an awareness about my own self. And, and I think it will lead to a greater point I'm trying to make, which is I am somebody who it's like, you know, type a, like, like, Oh, let's just go, 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 go. And, and that to a point has been, has gotten me very far, but has also had it has a lot of detriments along with it. And the one thing I realized was that I was so connected to audio, to listening to podcasts, listening to the books and like to, to reading. And like, I would be someone who, if I hear something, like I had to write it down right away. I have to, like, I have to capture it and make sure I got every little part of every little thing that I listened and learned. And that sounds good on paper, but what ended up happening was, so I have a method when I, when I, when I read something, or listen to something, I take down notes. And then at the end, and then I, and the notes I then put into a document. And I didn't, I did that throughout the entire year last year without putting into the document. So I had this notes at, you know, with my notes app in my, my iPhone, I had this monstrous list of thoughts, stuff that I learned. And so I went back in December and organized it. And it was like a huge list, but then I started, I'm like, that's way too hard to go back in time. So I started to do it by month. So I did it for January and I did it for February and then March. And so I organized all the information that came in. And I noticed that my January was bigger than my February. My February was bigger than my March. And naturally, instinctively, I just started to give myself more time away from learning and listening because it's one thing to learn. But if you have all this information, like I had this I have the, that 12 page document from all the things I learned in 2018. Cool. But am I putting all that stuff into action? No, it's impossible. I don't have the capacity for it. It's there and I can reference it and it's awesome. But now I'm more focused on less and focusing on just getting the most out of what I'm doing. Like before in my past, I would read a book as fast as I can just to be done and read the next one. And all of a sudden I was like, wait a second, like what, what, what am I doing here? Like the point is not to finish. The point is to learn what I can learn and then apply it in my life. And so that's sort of been my new mindset. And so I just wanted to put a caveat on that because for young people, I think that's important. I think it's really hard to filter all the information that's coming at you. And there's a lot of it. And so I think moving forward, if you're going to be someone who's going to have impact in this world, whether it's in your community or online or the global scale, you have to be able to decipher what's most important to you right now, knowing that you have to take time to just be connected, not just to audio or visual, but to like, and it sounds like really weird and Zen, but it's true to the earth, to your breath, to be more connected to your day to day, to be in the present rather than just being in the future of, I need this, I need that. Cause we don't need as much as we have. And so um, I think the original question was like, what advice would I say to, you know, young trainers who are looking to enter the space? I would say first and foremost, are you willing to work 14 hours straight training people back to back to back to go up and ask for some ask to train somebody and be willing to train them for free and to be willing to to to, to put it cuz like the the the, the grind of a, of a trainer is, is tough and i'm not saying it's it's sustainable but i think you got to ask yourself do i am i so passionate that i'm willing to work a 12 14 hour day very early to late at night giving everything I have to each person back and forth, back and, you know, and understanding the grind of connecting, not only connecting, but getting a client, then connecting to a client, then coaching a client. And if you are, then yes, you should absolutely pursue, pursue fitness. But if you're someone looking at it like, oh, there's a great opportunity in this space. They look at all the people making money, all these influencers. I want to be, I want to have that Insta page with 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, make money off of just being who I am. If that's what your goal is, you're going to set yourself up for shit because I'm telling you right now, that bubble is going to burst. When people stop making money as influencers and they realize that was all they ever had, then what do they have to fall back on? Nothing. And if you're just equating success with number of followers, which I have done, and I'm not going to lie to you, it still impacts me sometimes when I let it. But if you're just doing that, you're setting yourself up for, for misery. And, and I can tell you from personal experience, it's, there's, it's, it's really about helping who's in front of you, but you got to earn your keep. You know, like... I look back to my experience. I've read a lot of good books in fitness, but my greatest experience was going into as an in-home trainer to someone's house with one pair of rusty ass dumbbells in a small ass room, figuring out how can I regress them, progress them, take them up, take them down, and then applying that to the group environment. Because that taught me about working with different levels. And I think 
There's no book that's going to help you with that. It's got to be experience. And then you can then do whatever you want with it online. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I, uh, I kind of have the old school approach to sort of like, you know, you, you got to sort of learn your craft and you got to look at it as a craft. And I, I, I see it as an art, you know, like coaching is an art and you have, it, it's, it's so many levels. You got to educate, but to educate, you need to be educated. So you got to know. And, you know, my, if I look back to my very first personal training session, it was a joke. Like you, I, I beat up this, I didn't beat up, but like really put this woman through something she shouldn't have freaking done, man. But I didn't know what I was doing. And you got to learn that way. You know, you, there's no, there's no uh, substitute for experience. Yeah, no, definitely, dude. You're you're spot on. You're very uh, well read, well uh, well put together with the, the words there about training and about the whole process. But you said something very interesting, and that's being more present. And you know, you have to go through the grind to understand what being present means. You have to like completely go through having a crazy schedule, going up and down, working super late, getting up super early, stretching yourself thin to understand that your time is your biggest asset. You know, having your your time valuable for you to do whatever it is that you need to do when you want to do it, how you want to do it. That's probably the most valuable thing out of everything. Because when you're a busy trainer, man, you don't have time to eat and work out yourself. You're just on the grind, on the going constantly. And uh, definitely being present, being in the moment is something that you said that's been resonating with me lately and um, enjoying the process, enjoying the ride and, and learning from each moment, good or bad. is very, very important to me. But that's that takes time to understand, don't you think? A hundred percent. And you know, I don't have that and I don't, you're never going to actually achieve it. And I think there is a fine line. Like I'm not suggesting anybody to burn themselves out at all, but you have to overdo it to understand. You don't know what your line, whether you're training, like actually in the gym yourself, strength training, doing metabolic, whatever it is, yoga, you don't know how far you can go if you don't find that line and step over it. You have no way to find the line. Right. But that's the same thing with your capacity. Like, you don't know how I, – I, it's funny. I look back. My first gym I opened, we didn't have an early morning class. It's like, oh, that's too early. Like what? <laughs> I, I would slap myself if I said that today. Like now I don't get like, – I'm doing what, – what, what do people need, right? But right. it's funny that that was like my mindset. And so I had to learn. I had to learn. Yeah, I had to learn the grind. And, and I've made – you know, I've made a lot of mistakes. Like I said, at one point I've had four gyms. And it was – I spread myself too thin. I grew too quick. And it was at, you know, they, when the studio, when the, uh, they didn't go out of business, but when the leases expired, it just became too much to be able to put out the level of expertise and experience that I, that was our brand. And so I felt like we were diluting it. And from that, what I learned was, is that, yeah, you can make four gyms work, but geez, it's not like you think you can just throw it out there and like, they will come. No, each one, like, is it level? Is it worth that level of stress? And there's a great book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Have you read that one yet? Uh, it's in my Audible. Unfortunately, I haven't came across it yet. It's not a super long book either, is it? No, I read it. Um, it's an awesome book, man. I, I don't know if Mark Man, I think his name's Manson or Manson or Madsen or something. Yeah, I have it chilling in my Audible. I just the, the subscription expired, and I have to re up it in order to get it again. But I know what you're talking about, and. Yeah, the subtle art of not giving a fuck, and it's 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 important to learn that concept and really harness it because putting yourself out there takes a lot of internal guts, and you're going to get judged and ridiculed, and 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 just to kind of go about something in a way and learn from it without really giving a shit about what others say or what others are thinking takes a lot of balls and courage, and that's it's it's it, it's a necessity for for growing. It's a necessity for learning, you know. Well, absolutely. But what he actually talks about, like that, that's certainly an element of it. But most like that book is, is not like a misconception with that book is that it's about like, just being like this, like nomad rogue, like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to be myself like that. There's an element of that. But really, the biggest takeaway from that book is that you, you, there's everything in life. And, and Dr. John Demartini talks a lot about this as well, which is a great resource for anybody of all walks of life to study that man, because he's a genius. But he thought, the bottom line is that everything in life, there's positives and there's a negative charge. There's pros and there's cons. I don't care what it is. And there's insane studies to show the connectivity of everything. But the point is this, that 
everything in your life you're going to have shitty parts of. Like there's going to be downsides too. So it's not about it's not about not giving a fuck at all. It's about giving a fuck about less things so you can give all you have to those things that matter most to you. Because those things that matter most to you, they're going to have a laundry list of things that you're going to have to deal with. Like everybody like people talk about Oh, you have a passion. And this is for new trainers to realize and know that you hear someone say, well, if you do get a passionate job, you're never going to work a day in your life. Those people are full of shit because it's, that's just not how it goes. Like every, every job has downsides and that's okay. But it's, and I, I made the mistake as a young, ambitious man to try to get as much as I can and do as much as I can. And then when you have so much going on, you got to deal with the downsides of many things. And so you're better off having less things that are higher of higher value to you so that you can better, you know, experience and, and deal with the, the pros and cons. So in that book, that, that was a big takeaway for me that I think is important for a lot of people to understand. It's not, you know, you're going everything. It's, a, it's really about what you want to give a fuck about is really what that's about. And then making that a part of your life. That's very interesting perspective. Have you have you ever? Uh, I'm sure you have read or listened to Tim Ferriss's stuff. Yeah, I uh, when his first four hour work week for, or yeah that first came out, I read it right away, and I, I didn't really like the four hour body or the kitchen book, and but then I just reconnected with his podcast. The dude's a, the dude's a wizard, man. He is. He really is, and he talks a lot about that. You know, just worrying about less stuff and uh, making making the things that you can control just like real basic stuff so that you could again free up more of your time for whatever it is leisure whatever it is you want to do you know and that's the most important thing really um so like you have a really in- intense mindset about things what are some of your practices uh in the morning at nighttime your workout practices your diet practice i guess that's a really big question but like let's start with your your morning routine what is that like typically yeah and so that's a great question and and um i've you know one thing i learned about morning routine is that cuz i i would i would read about a lot of successful people or listen to what they do and i'd be like oh well i got to do that routine i got to do that routine and like some of these guys, multimillionaires, and I'm not saying they didn't, you know, grind to get there, but they don't have to, <laughs> they have a lot of time on their hands, a lot more than, you know, than a lot of us who are still trying to grind, you know? And so I would try to emulate someone's routine. I didn't fit my lifestyle. And so finally, what I realized is what are some things that fill me up that I have to do every day? And then, and then to see when, when it comes to morning routine, a lot of people ask this question and it's a big focus point, but we all get tripped up to think, that it's it's this like this box that that what we you know that has to has to fit in this like certain constraint and it doesn't. So my morning routine actually differs. So like on days I coach in the morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I you know I'm waking up 4:30 a.m. I'm just getting my stuff. I'm leaving the house and I'm getting ready for, to coach and I'm doing my thing, coaching four classes in a row. And then on those days, as soon as after my fourth class, I'm going either to the workout or I'm going to do yoga. I do yoga on Wednesdays and on Tuesday, Thursdays are strength days for me. So, and, and so that, that's how that looks. And I'll take time to journal and I've been writing every day as well. It's something I've been doing. And, and then I will make sure at some point in the day I'll find meditation. So sometimes that I will literally just take five minutes and go to the beach. Sometimes I can't do that. Sometimes I don't meditate until I get home. And before I leave the house, before I leave the car, I just turn everything off and meditate. And sometimes that's 60 seconds. And that is extremely powerful because what I found is the days that you don't think you have time to meditate are the days in which you absolutely have to. But even 60 seconds makes a difference. And sometimes that meditation is just taking a cold shower at night and focusing on six deep breaths. So it's different. So my point, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is it's flexible that I have to adjust to what my schedule is, my constraints. Because on days I don't coach, I like to wake up first thing in the morning, get a workout in right away, then read, journal, write, and then and then it's not for long. I'll set a pay, I'll set a timer for ten minutes to read. I'll I'll journal if I need to. I'll write until I get what I want out there, and then go off and do my highest priority thing. Then on, on Sunday mornings, this is a fun one. I'll just I'll wake up slow, no alarm clock, drink a thing of water, play easy. Easy like Sunday morning by Lionel Richie. Cliche is shit, but it's amazing. And just have a cup of coffee, read, and chill. So it's different on the day. But what worked for me was to recognize that it can be different by the day. It doesn't have to be what what Lewis Howes does or or what Gary Vee does or what anybody else does. It's what works for me. And within that, 
finding the things that fill my cup, things that fill me up naturally, which for me are, are working out, meditation, reading, writing, and journaling. I, if I get all those things done in the day, it's a good day. Awesome. And I'm sure, uh, you know, I sometimes bypass this too, actually teaching your classes and getting some value out there to people like fuels the shit out of what it is that you're doing. You do all those things so that you can be the best teacher you can be so that you could kind of, again, keep providing value to the people the way that you keep providing value to them. And that's classes, podcasts, books, one-on-ones, online shit. Um, that's, that's very good that you do all that kind of stuff. And you're uh, inspiring me to go out there and get on another level of good because you're very disciplined. If you're putting a 10 minute timer out there to read, that's making sure that you want to get something done. That's, that's impressive. Absolutely, man. What I found was I was just telling myself a story like, oh, I'm too busy for this, too busy for that. That's like my yeah, YouTube channel. That. My YouTube channel. Like I, I was – I have 21,000 subscribers, far more than I have in any other – and I only used that number to prove the point that I had something good going. And I, I got – I just let it get out of routine. And it's literally for three to four years, I didn't put up a damn video. I had in my head, I don't have the time. It takes this. It takes that. And literally this January, I'm like, no, like I drew a line in the sand. I'm like, no, asshole. Like, no, this is what you're going to do. You're going to do one a week. And you you have the content. There's no shortage of it. And so just getting it back out there. But man, yeah, it's all about routine. And if you're telling yourself you don't have time for it, either you're bullshitting or it doesn't mean that much to you. And if you're saying it means a lot more to you, then you got to go ahead and make time or you're just lying to yourself. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you're doing a really good job with this YouTube stuff. Now, let's talk a little bit about the whole like social media marketing aspect of fitness. Um, how long were you into fitness before you started getting really serious about the social media stuff? That's pretty funny. I, and by the way, let me just set a caveat for this. I am not great on social media. Like I, I still am in the process of getting better about planning. Because for me, the issue is not content. It's just getting you know taking time to plan ahead and that's one thing i'm not doing and so i have a lot of things going on so when i take time it, it's just i'm taking more time than i should right now to put out less if that makes sense but dude i i, I started right in 2009 right when i graduated college if if you if you guys ever get bored go to Carabasi training and if you want to see some jabroni with a mullet who's stuttering over all his words using a flip cam um, you'll find a lot of old videos, uh, with that. So I started right away and, um, I, I did that. And then I, I, uh, luckily I got a few opportunities to be on TV and that led to a lot more opportunities. And, and then I did, you know, like I said, I worked with some big brands and so it, my evolution and I, I still have a lot of ways to get better, but ultimately what I found when it, when it comes to putting yourself out there is I think it's important for trainers to go ahead and do that. What, what I found was the more you're in your head, the, sh- the worse you're going to be. And I tried to be so formal. I tried to be perfect and memorize shit. And man, I just sounded like a, you know, it just sounded like a, not a joke, but it was like, it was just laughable. Whereas, yeah, I get what you mean. It's, it's, it's not, it's disingenuous in a way that it's, I mean, it's not harmful towards anybody, but it's not you. It's not your authenticity showing, right? Yeah, man. I mean, so. And then when you get to a point where you just you get better at articulating and your comfort is better, so you can be more of yourself, and and then you know it's just you just get better, and sometimes you don't have it, but you just do it, you know. And and I, even to this to this day, like I I sometimes like subconsciously, it's it's interesting. I was thinking about this the other day. I found that subconsciously, like I'm all about like when I'm consciously trying to be like to show like to show share a story or share some of the shit I go through then like that's good but like i have to be conscious about it cuz subconsciously that little boy who was bullied still has in me that i can't i can't show my flaws you know cuz i'm just going to get shit on and 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 i can't let that happen and so like it's just crazy that that's still layered in my head and and, and just kind of switching gears but it's along the same lines which is important for coaches to know that are people that we get the opportunity to work with people who ha- are trying to lose weight or whatever it might be like they have their own subconscious programming that they don't even recognize. They don't even know it exists, but is dictating their life. And so, so much of the training that you'll get to do is not so much just, you know, the X's and O's on the workout floor. It's helping them develop self-confidence on the outside in so they can feel better about themselves and break some of those old stories that they keep telling themselves. Yeah, dude, that's, those are just like ancient human defense mechanisms that we have inside of us. Like, unfortunately, like those are the things that we have to learn to deal with better. 
you know, and that's why we meditate. That's why we exercise. That's why we do reflection and journal time and, you know, uh, doing podcasts, listening to podcasts, because it's to have that better, you know, relationship with ourselves at equilibrium. Now, you talk about being authentic and doing all this stuff with the podcast. I haven't listened to your podcast, but what what made you want to start that? And and how's that been going for you? Like, how, how often are you putting out new podcasts? <laughs> well, um, so... I started with a podcast in uh, 2017, right? Yeah, so just just over a year, and I I had it in my head for about three years that I wanted to podcast, and I didn't because I've kind of I almost have in a weird way, Danny. It's kind of weird. I have PTSD from like all the from rushing into decisions and and like putting too much on my plate because like I've got myself I, I i did a did a lot of that during a lot of yeah, my yeah it sounds like it when you open up four gyms dude like you're and when i tell you you're on another level of like intense like i and i appreciate it no, don't get me wrong but like you filled your plate man geez yeah man it wasn't just with that a lot of other things but uh my point is is like now i have this filter that's like all right dude relax slow yeah. down less is more type attitude Exactly. And, uh, and again, it's, it's a work in progress. Cause I'm not, you know, I, I got a lot still to, to grow with that. And we always we always will. But anyway, my point is that for a while I want to do the podcast, but I just didn't, I, I just didn't know I couldn't commit to it. And I and finally, I got to a point where I'm like, look, I love this audio platform. I've been listening to audible since they came out. I was starting to really get huge into podcasts. And I was like, I want to be able to give people something that they can listen to when they, when they're driving home, when they're, walking the dog when they're grocery shopping, that's going to feed them with positive information because there's so much negative shit out there that we need, we need more of it. And so that was my impetus to do it. And then, uh, you know, typical Joe fashion started off doing seven days a week podcast. And that was freaking nuts. I thought that I could, I thought that I could leverage, you know, working hard on uh, growing an audience and yeah. it was just too much. So then I cut down the five and then now I just do one a week. And um, that's been awesome. And so, you know, it's going good. Like, I'll be honest with you. I don't look at the numbers nearly as much as I used to. Uh, I do know it's growing every month. But I find that when I get so fixated on the numbers, I lose touch with what I actually am doing in the first place, which is trying to help one new person every single day. And if I can just do that, man, that's how I can make a big impact. And it's so easy to get sucked into the numbers of, of helping, you know, tens of thousands of people. But at the end of the day, man, like I had a woman today, and one of my clients came up to me. She's like, I just want to tell you, like, the podcast you did with, with Janet was like, you know, almost like it could completely change my mindset. Like something she said made me cry instantly. And she's like, a lot of what you say each and every week is just such a good reminder. Like she was going off on all this stuff. And it's like, that's, that's, that is why we do this, man. So like, she was very kind to say that to me, but like, I don't need necessarily to, to, to hear that, which is amazing. And I welcome it because who doesn't love to hear that? But just knowing that you put out a podcast, you put out a video, you put out a, you know, a piece, a writing piece, and you may never know the impact of that, but just that it's out in the world, it's helping somebody and someone somewhere. And I audience from the podcast to YouTube, to Instagram is is all over the world like the, i look at when i do look at statistics and see where people are coming from it's like damn that's crazy and so to know that you can make an impact on people in these ways it's like that to me is what drives me to do it so it's going really good i, I gotta be better there's a lot of things i can do better of course but um for the level of and this is another thing that i, I a learning point that i learned that i want to share with people which is I would always look at it like, oh, I know all these things I got to do better. And I would shame myself for it. Like, why are you doing it? I get mad about it. But now I look at it from a different lens, which is, well, for the time that I am willing to put into it, here is what I can expect to get out of it. And that was a game changer because I was just expecting to have all these great things happen when I just wasn't allocating the time. And so that's just you know, not a very uh, good way to go about anything. Yeah, I know. That's a good point because uh... – it's, it's hard to kind of look at it from that perspective or that lens. People are just hard on themselves. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that you can be hard on yourself. I know I can be hard on myself at times, but again, it's about having that balance and being like, this is where it's going to be at right now. And until I have that urge to make a little different 
behave, you know, behavior about it, then it's going to be the way it's going to be right now. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Like it's hard for me to have a full-time job and, and do all this stuff and, and have a social life and family life and put out one or two podcasts a week and I want to make it grow. So it's prioritize, schedule a little bit better, figure out what is at the top of your priority list and fucking execute. But at the same time, like sit back and kind of just like smell the roses a little bit, you know? Right on, man. Yeah. It's a, balance. it's a balance. And I think that's what we keep referring to back in this podcast. It's having that balance of the drive and then like enjoying the moment in the, in the process. How old are you right now? 32. What about you? 30. Yeah, I'm 30. So like we're in that time of our life where, you know, we, we have the most energy. Uh, do you have kids? No. Uh, I don't yeah, this is great. So we're both at a time where we can do whatever the fuck we want. And we no, don't really have well, that's coming to it. Like for me, I, I we just got a puppy and we're getting married in, in six weeks. So Ooh, congratulations, man. Thank congratulations. You, yeah. So we're, uh, but yeah, I'm, we're excited. I'm excited about that. That's an interesting change for me, which was like being very selfish and just doing whatever I want to do all the time. And I'm learning to like, now there's somebody else I got to now more, you know, as a dog too. But it's weird though, in a weird way, like me and my fiance were actually talking the other night. We're like, man, like this dog thing's way harder than we thought. We love her, but it's just a lot more. And but like, but we kind of like it because it's a new challenge. It's a new opportunity. Yeah. And that's growth. Dude, I'm with you, man. And you're gonna you're gonna see because I, I have a, a wife myself. We just got we just got married two years ago. We're going on yeah. our second anniversary. Um, we have two dogs and a and a cat too, our house. We do all that shit, like family stuff. And like growing with somebody else is really amazing and and having a good partner to kind of balance you out especially if you're that kind of guy that goes all out and and fills your plate it's good to have somebody to kind of like pull you back like i'm very similar to you my wife is like all right dude this is great with all the podcasts and the videos and the businesses it's like all right let's just take a look back let's analyze everything you know so growing with somebody too is is something huge and and you're gonna love uh because you you pay attention to all this kind of shit so um, and, and it's very, it's like humanistic. It's what we, we, we do. It's what we live for. So, uh, it, I, we're like, I was saying before, we're, we're 30, we have this energy, like we can do what we want to an extent. And this is the time where we really need to enjoy the fruits of the world. And I know that there's beauty in all stages of life, but, uh, but like, yeah, let's fucking like take our gifts. Let's utilize them. Let's connect people. Let's, let's learn as much as we can and enjoy what this world has to offer, man. Don't you think? Dude, I, I completely, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day, which was like, I, I was I was talking to a buddy of mine and he's like, man, it's like crazy. Like so many of, so much has changed in our life. Like, cause he was like asking me to go to this trip and I'm like, dude, I, I can't, I can't do that right now. Like, and he's like, yeah, I know. He's like, it's crazy. Like we're, we're getting old. It sucks getting old. And I'm like, yeah, to an extent, but it's like, I look back and all the things I ever did that I one time questioned, like all the travel that I did when I, when I was, there's Kilimanjaro and I spent a shit ton on that trip or uh, just other trips that I had the opportunity to take. At the time, it was a big decision or starting a business. That was a big decision. But looking back, I'm now that like my life's changing for the better, but I'm getting to a more responsible role. I look back and I'm like, man, I should have done more. Like I have zero regrets. And so to your point, it's like, why would we want to waste this time we have right now, because granted, nothing is is guaranteed for tomorrow. But more than that, like you're never going to be on your deathbed being like, damn, I, I I shouldn't have went on that vacation or I shouldn't have started that business. Like, no, you're going to be like looking back on all the amazing things that you did and and, and cherish that. But if you don't if you don't take the risks, you're, you're never going to reap the rewards, which is a cliche thing to say. But I just think if any of us can look back to an opportunity or something that we did that we were scared of doing you're least if, if you didn't love the experience you can at least love what you learned from it and if you didn't if you don't love what you learned from it then you didn't take the time to really i to the for like take some forensics and, and dig into whatever it was to find that learning because it's always there no matter what it is and it's just an interesting thing as as you know we move on in time it's like i, I sort of try to keep that on top of my head now to know that like whatever whatever i feel is the right thing to do at the time and i'm balancing it out and looking at the downsides and, and, and being okay with what those might be, you got to go ahead and do it no matter how scared you are. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Right. Now, uh, what, what podcasters have inspired you? And, and you said you take the time to listen to a lot of things and write down stuff that, uh, has been, uh, helpful towards you or, or, uh, new pieces of information. What, uh, specific or who specifically have you listened to? 
Well, podcast wise, um, you know, it's funny. I, I listen to right now. I'd, I would say, so Arby Marcus is someone who I, I connect with in a different way. Like I love the humility he has and a lot of things that he talks about, <laughs> not from a relationship perspective, but God, yeah, you got to pump the brakes on that one. You yeah, got to, that's some wild wait, shit. wait for a right time to bring that up to the fiance. Well, there's no right time. That, I'm good on that. But, uh, but, but <laughs> the way he views, like, I don't know. I, I love like, He's someone who's always searching. He's going down the path and and experiencing different things and opening up his mind. And I love that. Someone like Gary Vee, for a while, like when he first wrote Crush It, I was a big fan and kind of lost, kind of got annoyed with him a little bit, which is not uncommon to do. But again, I just stopped connecting with it, not because he's not awesome and high energy and killing it, but just because I couldn't connect to him anymore. And and so that, that changes. So. I don't listen to as many podcasts now, but uh, one, one uh, Rogan, I love Rogan, of course. I don't listen to all his podcasts, but when he has a guest on, I'm interested in, I'll listen to. Um, but Audible, man, is, is my jam. And, and like I, we were talking about earlier is before I was like, oh, I have to get this podcast. I'm going to download this episode and listen to that episode and, and, and spend all my free waking time with earbuds in my ear. Let me tell you a quick side note. My jabroni self had my earbuds left in my shorts and left them in the laundry, lost them found them they were still in my shorts they don't work anymore and i was originally like annoyed but i'm like damn that's a blessing in the sky so i was always connected to those damn things but yeah. now to me it's just listening to less audible is uh you know i've listened to some really good books this past year the david goggins book was amazing and then yeah, another good book and then I'm, right now i'm just finished actually i just finished essentialism and that book is amazing incredible i listen i recommend that for anybody and so i'm just trying to focus on listening to less but it's just interesting how your interests and who you connect to and what you connect to changes as you evolve what about you what's your uh what are your fate what do you listen to right now for podcasts uh i yeah so i i listen to a lot of aubrey marcus um i go uh into uh, kyle kingsbury a lot so the human optimization podcast from on it um, and then from there, like, I like listening to different uh, lectures from Paul Check or um, let's see, uh, you know, I, I do listen to a lot of Rogan and Rogan introduced me to a lot of guys like, you know, Dom D'Agostino and, uh, uh, you know, a handful, Andy Galpin, uh, Mark Sisson. And I, I learned a lot about different styles of eating that I, I tried to implement myself, you know, I. I started going low carb and then carb cycling. And I like doing intermittent fasting. Um, I like to listen to a lot of Ben Greenfield, although he can be a little thick sometimes with his information. Yeah. Um, I like I like listening to that guy. Um, it's just I, I like listening to a lot of comedians, really, because they're so easy to listen to. And favorite way- uh, comedian podcast. What's that? Who's your favorite comedian podcast? Uh, Joey Diaz is my go-to. Joey Diaz. I like Theo yeah. Vaughn. Dude, Theo Vaughn is just a silly fucking goose. Uh, Bill Burr is the best at it, you know, the way he can just rant. Um, but I like the way these creatives kind of freely think and talk. It, it, it's so genuine and it's so authentic that it makes me want to be just as authentic and genuine in no matter what facet I'm doing. So, like, you know, I do this podcast. I try to be as me as possible, you know, and try to pick up as much from you as I can from the guests that I can when I'm teaching him at, at the high school. You know, I teach PE, teach driver's ed, health. I coach girls varsity soccer. I try to do as much as me as possible. That's, you know, talk about positive shit. Let's try to get let's try to think about things that are are, are a, a passion for you. I just I like to listen to people who are authentic and then can provide as much value as possible, higher perspective thinking um, so that I can just constantly grow and be a good influence to the people that I encounter with every single day, you know, and that, that, that's, that's my jam every single day, bro. Yeah, no, that, but that's really what it comes down to. How could I be my best self, you know? Yeah. Um, so you do, you listen to a lot of Aubrey Marcus, you said? I don't as much anymore, but yeah. I got um, a bunch of. I want to get. I want to get your opinion on on one one person, uh, because you talk you talk like uh, you know when you say things like being more present in, in the moment. Um, something that I think about that I have trouble kind of asking people about too, because they don't really like understand what the fuck I'm talking about, and they get a little weird when I bring them up. Is Paul Selig? Have you listened to any of that stuff? Is that where? Yeah, yeah. That guy, that guy is insane. So- dude, that dude, like how he he connects with like what he calls the guides. 
and like another like dimension and shit. I don't know, dude. I feel like that's it's a little hocus pocus, but there's something to it. You know, there's something to meditation. There's something to the psychedelic realm, the deep breath work and the pineal gland and DMT and all that shit. And, and like, if he's connected with those guides, like straight through, like, I don't know, man, it just, it's, it's interesting to think about, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, dude, I, I mean, if you listen to him, I don't see how you could not, I, it's literally impossible to not be able to like, he's on the spot rambling and then he's, you know, articulating exactly what he just said. So, and he's doing it in a format where he's getting interviewed. Like, so it's not like he's just in, you know, at home. It's so wild. It's so wild. Like I had to listen to it a few times before I, I understood what the fuck was actually happening. So to, so to, to my listeners who don't understand, he's a, he's a channel. So like he'll, he'll take in information um, from another dimension, basically in a whispered fashion. And then he'll repeat it exactly like how it's coming in, in his own words um, but he claims that it's not him at all. And that's, it's just like a, a higher energy kind of talking through him. But, but like, I feel like that's the same area where you can go to in deep meditation where people who are on ayahuasca kind of go to like, or if anyone has tripped like crazy on, on, uh, like five grams of, of psilocybin, like it's all connected some ways, shape or form. And like understanding that more, can kind of like make us manifest shit into our, our current reality. I don't know what your thoughts are about, about that. I, I, dude, I totally agree, man. Like I, you know, thinking about, you know, to answer your original question with like Paul, I, as far as like, if it's real, I, I, I think it is. I think there is a lot of hocus pocus when it comes to like people who claim to have that power. Like I'm not a people who read palms and all that stuff. Like, I don't know that, everyone you know there's a lot of people who say they are but it's, i i do believe there are certain people and i don't i just think it comes down to being connected on a, on a very uh conscious level and and when you know the more i learn about you know everything everything goes down there everything leads whether it's you know, it could be any subject but everything all connects to the one road which is that everything is interconnected and yeah, and it's we, all one. It's all love. It's all connected and one together, right? Well, yeah, and I know that. Like, if you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, that sounds like super weird. I get it. I I think this. I would think the same thing. But at the end of the day, like, the more time you take, and I just wrote, I just wrote something. I just a, a, you know, a little like a writing entry today on that, which was basically like when you take time to actually slow down and be present, you're removed from the stories and a default limited perspective that we all have internally, like our, our small self, our ego is, is always comparing us to our past self or comparing ourselves to something that we're not or something that we don't have. And the only way to step outside of that and recognize it as a story versus the reality, because we often think that that voice in our head is the truth and it's not. But if you don't take the time to recognize it, then you're going to get caught into that perspective. And you've caught in that perspective, you manifest it. So taking the time to free yourself of that. And then also amazingly too, stepping outside, like taking time to actually like be out in the sun. And if it's not sunny out, like go outside and look at the sun, go down, look at trees, look at like the ocean, look at the lake, look at something in nature. You, you can't help when you do that to just feel like you get a feeling. And, and that's something that is just happening. Like you don't, you can't manufacture it. Yeah, dude, that's, uh, that's interesting. Like, um, <clears throat> I preach, and this is a probably a good way to wrap up because I, I want to get your, your thoughts on this. There's a handful of things that I like to do day in and day out, whether it's in a particular order or not, or part of your morning or nighttime routine. These are just kind of some of the things that I like to do to optimize physically, mentally, to become more interconnected, to, to live more purposeful to enter in and out of flow state. These are just some of the things I like to do. And we'll start with that being outside, getting my feet into the ground, getting some sun, moving around, doing these animal flow, primal movements, uh, lifting some heavy things, getting good sleep, getting quality food, having good sex, doing some purposeful things, intermittent fasting, um, and kind of just uh, uh, doing breath work and meditation to kind of kind of get everything back to a parasympathetic state am i missing anything there joe <laughs> um i don't know it seems like you, you pretty much nailed it um 
for me though, I think, I think one thing is just taking like learning, you know, and I, I think we're, we're, well, I know that we're designed to learn, to grow. And so if we're not taking time to do that, you know, we're slowly, you know, slowly, because I'm sure you have friends who are just kind of regressing, but that, that's yeah. the truth. If you're not, if you're not taking care of your body, your body is getting weaker. If you're not taking care of your mind, your mind is getting slower. So that's one thing I would say is that taking time to do something that challenges you mentally and something that you can like identifying something as a learning is, uh, is I would add that to your list. Definitely. Right. Taking in podcasts, reading books, audible, like we talked about, um, sharing of content, like just having this conversation with you makes me want to kind of interact with you more, you know, whether that's via Instagram or doing another podcast or collaborating some way, somehow. But like, if there's anything that come that you come across as far as like useful, like you mentioned essentials, that book, and I wrote it down. Like if there's information like that, sharing of information is huge. Um, Dude, Joe, I really appreciate your time. This was a really good conversation and exactly what I wanted to get out of this. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. It was great talking. Absolutely. Where uh, where can uh, people find you? Where can people find you if they want to listen to more of you and listen to your podcast and Instagram and YouTube and all that? Yeah, man. I appreciate you asking. So my podcast is called Fat Melting Radio. And so that's anywhere you can find the podcast, iTunes, any Android uh, podcast player. Then it's at Joe Carabasi, C-A-R-A-B-A-S, as in Sam, E as in Edwards. And that's on Facebook, it's on Instagram. And then my YouTube channel is Carabasi Training. And so I have all my stuff out there. And if you're ever in a Connecticut area, Hartford area, or South Florida, Jupiter area, uh, my, my business in Connecticut is called Melt Workout, M-E-L-T. And then Florida is called In 30 Fit. Melt Workout and In 30 Fit. Dude, um, this was great. And uh, you're a really knowledgeable guy. Maybe uh, we collabed together again uh, on the benefit of 30-minute workouts, uh, different types of movement, different styles of exercise, combining different things like, uh, you know, high-intensity cardio, strength training, and mobility, uh, things along those lines, and and collab every so often and and talk talk, – you know, content like that. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I would love to, man. I'd love to uh, have you on my podcast and uh, put you in the in the seat to, to get some knowledge out of you. I think that'd be great. Fuck yeah, dude. Let's set it up anytime, man. I'm looking forward for this relationship to grow. And like I said, I really appreciate your time and wisdom. And, and I look forward to just uh, the future with you, man. Likewise, brother. Awesome. Okay. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the podcast, everybody. That's Joe Carabasi. He's the man, isn't he? Super knowledgeable, super inspiring. That dude is on another level of motivated. So let's take in a little bit of that energy for a second. All right. Check out his uh, Instagram at Joe Carabasi. That's J-O-E-C-A-R-A-B-A-S-E. Joe Carabasi. His uh, YouTube channel, Joe Carabasi. His his gyms out in Connecticut and Jupiter, Florida. The uh, Melt Workout and uh, the other one is In 30 Fit. You know, I'm a big proponent of 30-minute exercises, 30-minute workouts, so to speak. So I got to have him on again to talk about the benefits of 30-minute exercises. I feel like once you get into like a routine and you're feeling good and you got your nutrition on point and you're sleeping well, like 30-minute workouts is basically all you need. You need to be in the gym for two hours like why do my cardio do my weights like you can do it together kettlebells body weight movements but don't let me tell you how to live your life (laughs) that's it everybody make sure to check out my instagram danny cole fitness we can connect there right there i like to just say hey to the peeps talk a little kettlebells unconventional training just talk about shit that gets us going and being enthusiastic about being alive thank you to well vibes organic cbd go to wellvibesorganic.com right now use promo code danny at checkout and get 20 percent off your first order of cbd products tincture form balm form uh, capsule form i love the balm thank you to action coffee go to drinkaction.com right now and check out amplified coffee that's mct infused coffee I love it. 
it's great works well with a keto diet which I, I eat high fat a lot of the time and uh, yeah go, go check it out action coffee use promo code Danny at checkout and formula nootropics if you're interested in a quality nootropic that gets you focused and ready for the day in and out of flow state go to getmyformula.com right now and check out formula nootropic stacks so that you can live optimally that's it everybody peace